Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Was anyone here this morning? I I sort of really liked Pastor Byron's message this morning, Pastor B. That was awesome. Pastor B is fresh back from India, if you're wondering. Um, So please excuse the accent, but uh, he's fresh, fresh from India. And um, he actually preached a really good message. And, and sort of as I was preparing this message and had my thoughts already, he sort of spoke on a few things that tie together really well. I want to start in the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It says in verse 4, Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled homes while my house lies in ruins? We've been talking a lot about the book of Haggai lately and this sort of passage about rebuilding the house. And, and I guess it's one way we think, well, myself, I think very practically a lot of the time. Is anyone else in the room like that? I think, cool, what are we building? Got a plan? What are we doing here? Is this like a renovation project? Do we want to renovate this building? Is that what God's calling us to do? People like me said, amen, I'm in. Who's with me? Who wants to renovate? Yep, cool. Who thinks the bathrooms could do a bit of a renovation? Yeah, cool, cool. All I need is your time and your money and we'll do it together. That's awesome. No, but it's not about the renovation of a building. That's not what Haggai is talking about in our day because we understand that through the lens of what we know of God now that we are the temple of God. That he's not making a dwelling in a building. That it's not a, This is not the only place that you can experience God, but God dwells in us. He makes his home in earthen vessels in us. So this renovation is not a renovation of Highway Gilston or Highway Olmo. It's a renovation of our lives. It's a renovation of our heart and of our mind and bring them freshness of God on the inside of us. You see, in this story, the people had returned from Babylon, but their thinking, but their thinking had returned with them. They, they weren't in Babylon anymore, but their mindset was one of Babylon. Their mindset was still back there in Babylon. They were in Jerusalem with the Babylonian worldview. Because the Babylonian worldview, I'm going to talk about a bit more, but it was one that was so contrary to the Jerusalem way of living. I want to look at a guy called Daniel. And you see, Daniel was one of the first exiles taken into Babylon before Jerusalem was overcome. About 10 years before the Babylonian exile of the nation of Israel, Daniel and his friends were taken some 10 years before that, around 605 BC. And Daniel was one that flourished in Babylon. Do you know the story? Do you know some of the stories? No? Daniel and the? Shadrach, Meshach and? Like all these iconic like stories that I learned about in kids' church, in Highway Kids. Send your kids there. Shameless plug, I didn't grow up in Highway Kids, but I wish I did because it's a heck of a lot cooler than the Sunday school I grew up in. That's right, it was a Sunday school. Daniel found himself living in a day where the culture around him was misaligned to his own values. I would like to look at his life and see what we can learn from him. I'll read from Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure of his God. Then the king instructed 
Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, everyone say, woo-woo. Good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Another translation says the language and literature of Babylon, the wisdom of the day, verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them, so that at the end of the time they might serve before the king. Verse 6, now from among those sons of Judah were Daniel, everyone say Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave the names Daniel, and then he gave him different names. We'll drop down to verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested to the, of the chief of the eunuchs that he may not defile himself. Can I say all of this this way? He purposed in his heart. I'll say it this way. You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. You see, you could take Daniel out of Jerusalem, but you couldn't take the faith out of Daniel. You couldn't take his Jerusalem worldview because he operated as a follower of the one true God in a Babylonian culture. He said, no, no, no. I will not compromise. I'm not going to live the life of luxury, but I'm going to follow the ordinances of what I know my God to be like. You could take Daniel out of Jerusalem, but you couldn't take Jerusalem out of Daniel. It's time that we left Babylon in our mindsets, that we stopped living according to Babylonian rule. We are no longer a conquered people. Do you know that? We are no longer a conquered people. When we read the book of Haggai, these people are free. They're back in their homeland. We know that Christ has overcome the world so that we are free and whom the sun sets free is free. Indeed. The battle is ours. The victory is won. We are stuck in this place where are we going to transform our mindset or are we going to live as conquered people in a free land? You see, our culture doesn't matter what is around us. People can flourish in Babylon and people can flourish in Ormo. I believe it. Do you? It's time we stop living like that. And the sun sets free is free indeed. We see similar story like this to the Israelites when they come out of Egypt. It's like they came out of Egypt, but it took the wilderness to get the Egypt out of them. It's like, seriously, renew your mind. That's why it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind, Paul says. It's not enough to think a Babylonian way in today's culture. I've read a lot of books lately, and this sort of, it's funny that um, this word Babylon keeps coming up. This Babylonian culture keeps coming up, and all these books I'm reading, and it's got nothing to do with Haggai. It's like, just these few thinkers of today are calling the culture right now Babylonian, which is interesting. Have you not, have, has anyone else noticed that? Um, I've got a few examples down here. David Kinnaman, have you heard of him? He's the CEO of the Barna Group. Have we heard of them? He makes this statement. He, he calls digital Babylon this, an accelerated complex culture that's marked by unlimited access, profound alienation, and a crisis of authority. So he's saying that we're living in one now where we are more connected than ever, 
although we're more lonely than we've ever been, and we have no authority over us, and we will not take it. He said, this is the Babylon that we're living in. We are living in a post-Christian culture, and my choice is this. As the world moves on and continues to move on, what are we going to do? Are we just going to munch on it? <laughs> like the king tried to give Daniel and his friends? Or are we going to say, no, no, no? No. As for me, I'm going to purpose in my heart. My point number one is that, purpose in your heart. Let me say it this way, make a stand. If you have said yes to Jesus once, keep saying yes. Do you know what my faith is like? Some of us treat our faith like a spendings account. I know they're really called savings account, but they're not really savings because we spend all the money in them anyway. Do you know what I'm talking about? I remember someone in this room was a mortgage broker. I'm not going to give him because, I don't know. And he was doing our, I don't know if I should, I'm, I feel like I'm confessing right now. And you know when you apply for a loan and nowadays they like take like the last three months of all your transactions to make sure you're not overspending all this sort of stuff? I'm like getting out cash before that. I'm like, Kim, buy groceries with cash because we need our bank accounts to look like we're rich and we've got all this money so the bank will give us this loan. You know, it's a spending account. It's there to be spent, but that's not what our faith is like. Our faith is a term deposit. Do you know what the term is? Life. And I'm not talking about 20 years. I'm talking about life. Like this is a term deposit, our faith, and it grows interest and multiplies and multiplies and multiplies so that one day we graduate from this term deposit called faith by death and we celebrate with our Saviour in another realm and in another place. We don't spend our faith, faith, we invest it, and it multiplies and pays dividends in this life and in the life to come. I love what Joshua said. He said this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, that's a man that knew what it was to purpose in his heart, just like Daniel. I'm wondering if there's people in this room that would purpose in your heart, say, no, 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 as for me, this is it. I'm, I'm serving the Lord. It doesn't matter what the culture of the day says. It doesn't matter what my friends say. It doesn't matter what's popular. It doesn't matter what my influences that I follow say. No, 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 as for me, I'm going to purpose in my heart. I'm going to make a stand. I will serve the Lord. Are we a people that will purpose in our heart? My prayer is that we are. Number two, avoid compromise. Everyone say avoid compromise. Have you noticed that our values and morals are different to the culture of our day? This is such a similar place to where Daniel found himself. Daniel gives us hope that you do not need a compromise to continue to be effective. Daniel and his mates would not consume what the others did. Sometimes we need to go on a spiritual diet. Have you ever done that? That's what Daniel, remember we did the Daniel fast, the Daniel diet, remember those? We'd start the year with that and it's like, it was funny because we were doing these things so we would get more of God and we would go on a fast and would see God more, but I felt like I'd never talked about food more in my life. Do you know what I mean? It's like this thing that was supposed to stop us from thinking about ourselves. We're like sharing recipes at church. Someone's dealing like Daniel approved curries in the foyer. It's like, what is going on here? No, no, but Daniel started this new diet. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to consume what everyone else is consuming. People, especially young people, can I encourage you? You don't need to be consuming what everyone else is consuming. There are times in my life, and I'm at one right now, 
where I need to go on a spiritual diet, where I say, you know what, I'm going to give that a break. I'm going to step away from this because I want more of God in my life. It's time to get your summer bodies in shape, in the spirit, if you know what I'm talking about. Seriously, there's things that are not good for us anymore. There's things that are in different seasons we need to work on. Because I know this is so basic, but what goes in comes out. Seriously, Kim and I are toilet training a two-year-old right now. (laughs) What goes in comes out, hopefully. Please come out. (laughs) I remember one time we were in India. Oh, man. Who's been to India or somewhere like that? Awesome. Who's had, like, been to Bali or something, had Bali belly or something like that? Same thing. And... um, I remember we went for this ride on the motorbikes. When I say motorbikes, they're really pimped up scooters, you know. And uh, we went out to the sort of the beach and we're, we're getting this group photo and we're, you know, all cheese. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I just felt like someone like punched me in the gut. Have you ever felt that feeling? I'm there going, yeah, let's smile for the camera. And it was like, and I'm like, I couldn't even stand up straight. You know when you got like, oh no, what have I eaten? We're like, eating curried prawns and fish. You don't ask where it comes from because you don't want to know. Trust me, you don't want to know where it's come from. And then it felt like someone punched me in the gut and I couldn't stand up straight. And I'm like, oh no. And then I'm like talking to the guys, the young guys, and I'm like, is there a toilet around here? And they sort of point like, I don't know, about 200 meters. In the far distance, in the middle of this field, I'm not joking, in the middle of this like paddock was this one little like, looked like a little outhouse building. So I'm like trying to play it cool because there's like a team of all of us there. There's about 15, you know, you're sort of like, oh yeah. And then, you know, when you get further, like, you're trying to run but make it look like you're not running, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make this, eh? And then I finally made it, and it's like, I open the door, and it's, it's a flipping hole in the ground. Like, it's like, why do you need a building if it's just a hole in the ground? Like, I guess privacy, I don't know, but you're in the middle of nowhere in the paddock. It's like, anyway, so I'm doing the tripod, you know, the tripod where you have, like, your hand behind it to try and hold yourself up? It's like, oh, this is bad. And, but because in India, the guys want to protect you, they follow you everywhere. So, so you know, we just want a minute of privacy. You can hear them at the front of the door. Are you okay in there, Caleb? Do you need anything? I'm like, oh, man, seriously. A bit of privacy would be nice. What am I saying this? What goes, comes in, what, what, go, what we consume comes out. What goes in, goes out. Can I encourage us? Let's be feeding on the things of God. Because I want the offspring of my life, I want the outworking of my life to be things of God. I don't want my own anger to come out on the others around me. I don't want my own selfishness to come out. I don't want slats to be portrayed in others. I want Christ to be portrayed in others and those around me. As a parent, we know this, don't we? It's like, how do they pick up all my worst habits? Like, how do they do that? Like, Did you forget all the good things that I told you to do and you only did what I did? Is that what it was? You didn't listen to my words, you just copied me? What goes in must come out. Can I encourage us? Let's be people that feed on the newness of God. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. This is not a new message and it doesn't have to be. It just has to be one that we apply. Can we be people that would feed on the word of God? I mean, I was so encouraged this week. I had a coffee with someone from our church. And um, you know how if you've ever caught up with someone and they want to catch up because, I don't know, maybe they think that you can help them. And I'm like, cool. Have you ever had someone where that, they actually applied everything you said? It's like, 
it was like a revelation to me. It's like, wow, there are people that listen <laughs> and do. It's like a conversation with Kim, but in someone else. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm like, I'm talking to this guy, I'm like, man, sometimes when I just struggle to read my word, I just go and buy a new Bible. A different translation because it just gets me excited about reading the word again and I do something different. You know what? He texts me the next day. Slats, I took my whole family to Kurong. I brought, we brought us all new Bibles. We're reading the Bible at home again. We're doing this, we're doing that. And you should see, like, <laughs> from like three days later, I spoke to him this morning at church and he's like, you wouldn't believe we started seeking God in our home and it's transformed our marriage. Our kids are happier. I'm like, this is awesome. Why don't we all do that? I'll tell you why, because we're too busy binging binge, or whatever it is. Like, I'm the worst man. Like, what is that croc show I've been watching at the moment? Like, has anyone watched that one? No? No one? What's it called? Kim, you've been watching with me? Northern Croc Territory or something? What's that? You know the one I'm talking about? Dan knows it. Like, the things that we consume, it's like, are you serious? We know what we need, we just need to do it. Can I encourage you? Feed good food, and we'll have a good life. Don't, uh, let me say it this way. Do not bow. The first way I said it was avoid compromise. The other way to say it is do not bow. You know, a little bit later in the story of Daniel, we have the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember when King Neb, King Nebuchadnezzar builds a big statue of himself, which is iconic Babylon, that we would worship self that the leader of Babylon would build an idol of himself and get everyone to worship it. This is the Babylon that we're living in, where all of a sudden the self is the most important person, where the worship of the self is number one, that if it feels good for you, then that's what you should do, that whatever you want, whatever you need, whatever your truth is, this is the Babylon culture that we are fighting today. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, I'm not bowing down. Why would I, why would I do that? Why would I compromise what I know for what the culture of the day? Can I encourage us? Let's be people that would not bow down. I love what they said. Our God is able to stop to to save us, even if you throw us in that fiery furnace. But guess what? Even if he doesn't. Man, it's been a long time since I've saw a generation of even if he doesn't Christians. We're really good. When things are going good and and it feels like we're going forward in our faith, where our prayers are being answered, where we're not seeing any opposition, but but I don't see many of us that even if he doesn't. Has anyone ever had those conversations with yourself? Hey God, if that happened, I'm out. I'll be honest, I, I have. Like, God, that's the line for me. If this were to happen in my life, well, well, well I'm actually done. <laughs> Can I be vulnerable to say that I've thought that? I want to be a Christian that says, you know what? No, even if you don't, God. Even if he doesn't come through the way that I thought, I'm still going to serve you and I'm still going to follow you. One of the best examples I have of this is my brother who passed away. I know I've shared this story lots of times, but my brother who passed away, like a couple of months before he died, he was on the, in the local newspaper. <laughs> 14-year-old boy says, God will heal me. That was the headline. Like, God didn't this side of eternity. So what do I do with that? Do I get hung up there or go, no, 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 God, even if 
You don't come through the way I thought, even if life does not seem as I planned, God, even though we live in this world, God, yet will I praise you. Yet will I follow him. Like I said, faith is a term deposit. It's not a spending account. No, no, God, I pour my faith in you. God, show me some of your goodness in this situation. God, help and grow me through this. God, let my story encourage someone else in our world. Number three, Daniel did this. He kept on praying. Can I encourage us? Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. We need to be people that know how to pray. Remember when the leaders of Babylon tricked the king into making a decree that it was illegal to pray to anyone except for him or his God? And then Daniel, what did Daniel do? Kept on praying. He says, I don't care the customs of the day. I serve the King of Kings. I serve the Lord of Lords. And it doesn't matter what is the popular opinion or thoughts of others. I'm going to keep on praying. Can I encourage us? Despite those who are watching, despite the circumstance and the decrees that go on in our world, we need to be people that would keep on praying. My, de- my, my best definition of prayer is this. You know what? Prayer has like changed over my Christian walk. How about you? I feel like my prayer, it, it changes. And there's moments where I, I feel like sometimes it's, it's like almost like going into God, asking for things. Sometimes it's like declaring what He's done sometimes. But, but my best description of what prayer is like for me right now, it's these three things. It's communion with, partnership in, and this is a hard one, this is my new one, and submission to. Like communion with, partnership in, and submission to. Jesus taught us how to pray, he said this, therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. In this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, For us, that's not just our Father that's distant, but it's our Father that is exalted, our Father that is all-powerful, that is all-knowing, that is everywhere all at once, our God that is the Alpha and the Omega that created the world and the universe, me and everything else in it, our God that is so big and so great, yet He is closer through the power of the Holy Spirit than this very air that we breathe. Hallowed be your name. God, we give you praise and thankfulness for what you're doing. God, your name be lifted high. God, you're worthy of everything that we have. We're going to give you our gratitude. All we have is like filthy rags compared to you, God. That's what this is like. Your kingdom come. Which means ours doesn't. We talk about this a lot, but can you think of the disappointment of those following Jesus as his disciples thinking that they're going to overrule it. Finally, we're going to defeat Rome. I've been practicing my sword skills. Seriously, Caesar's going to get what he deserves. No, no, no. No, it didn't work out like that. His kingdom come, which means mine needs to end. Your will be done. This is that submission to part. It's like we love that God, give me what I need. Give me this feeling so I know you're close. Give me the answer to my prayer. No, 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 no. God, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What is it? That's our needs. 
can I be bold to say this? Maybe our prayers <laughs> don't always get answered because they're not our needs. I feel like there's times we don't need for much. So it's hard for us to have faith for the things like, seriously, like talking about India, Pastor Brian come back from India has just got all these India thoughts in my head. Like, have you been to a developing nation like that and they bring you this filthy water that's making you sick, them sick and ask you to lay hands on it so that you could pray for the water so it would stop making their family sick? It's like, that is faith. <laughs> that is the daily bread. God, give us what we need, God. As we, f- and forgive us our debts. Another translation says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those, as I think forgiveness is a two-way street. We receive it, but we've got to give it. If we're holding it back, we're those damn Christians, those ones that stop the water from spilling over the spillway. We're those Christians. That God, forgive me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. No, no, no. Now we're open in this spillway because as God pours in more and more, this damn wall is not big enough to hold back His grace and His forgiveness and His mercy to those that are around us. This is how we pray. And when we pray like this, it transforms us. And all of a sudden we flourish in a different culture. We flourish in Babylon. We build a life that resembles Christ in a different culture. And do not lead us into temptation. Man, we are so good at leading ourselves into temptation. What would it look like? if we had a different worldview and we said, no, 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 God, I'm going to submit my flesh to you. God, not my will, but yours. God, I don't want to be so focused with myself and my own desires and my own needs, but I want your holiness again. I want your spirit. I want your way of life here. But deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom. God, it's all yours anyway. Yours is the power and the glory. God, I don't need to be recognised for what I'm doing for you. God, we give it all to you because you are worthy of everything that we have, that we ever will have, that we have ever, 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 ever had. God, this is the way that we pray and this is how we flourish in a culture that is contrary to what the Bible teaches. Can I pray for us tonight? God, right now in this room, God, I just pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about, Lord, that it would encourage us to live for you afresh. God, right now, I just call out the leaders in this room. God, those, Lord, that would lead others to know you. God, those, Lord, that would make a stand for you, God, whether it's in their school, whether it's in their workplace, whether it's in their home, God, right now. God, whether it's in their extended family, God, right now, I pray, Lord, that that you would call up the builders, that you would call up the Daniels in this generation, Lord, that you would call up those, Lord, that would stand when everyone else is bowing down, Lord, that would not compromise when everyone else is, God, that you would build your church again, Lord, and God, that your church would be the blessing of the world. God, I pray, Lord, that many would be blessed through here. God, we pray, Lord, that your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. Not ours, but yours, God, I pray, Father. In Jesus' name, God, I just pray for a fresh touch of your spirit on everyone that's gathered here. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, before I close, I just want to give you an opportunity. Maybe here tonight, maybe you've never received the love of God afresh. You'll know this is you right now because... Well, when I was in this situation, every part of my body was saying, it's not you, it's not you. 
but it's like in my mind, it's like, oh no, it's you, me. My heart was pounding. I was like, no, just move on already. Don't wait on this moment. I was like, seriously, hurry up. Maybe if that's you, you need to respond afresh tonight to the love of God. If you're here, I'd just love an opportunity to pray with you, to encourage you on your faith journey, whatever it needs. We can supply you resource. We can get you in a new Christian's course. We can give you a Bible, whatever that looks like. We would love to extend an invitation to you. If you're here tonight and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, would you just give us a wave? We'd love to pray with you. We've got a team that can do that after the service. Fantastic. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks, Highway. Why don't you come, Dan, Pastor Dan? Thank you, bro. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.